Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we are able to be together this morning in prayer, and I thank God for you. This is the Thursday after Easter Sunday, and this week we are reading stories of what Jesus did after he was raised from the dead. A lot of times we think of Easter as the end of the Jesus story, but Easter is actually a new beginning when Jesus rose from the dead. He opened up a future for us with God and a future for this whole world. And in gratitude and faith and awe and love, we have to ask the Lord uh, the question that's appropriate when we learn that we have a future. That question is, what's next? Let's consider that question this week. Please feel free to send me an email with any stories, insights, or questions that might arise in you this week. You can send them to me at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now... We begin our prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, O God, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Praise to the blessed and holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God who gives life, salvation, and resurrection. Alleluia. The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it. In your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from John chapter 21. After this, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. This is how he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were all together. Simon Peter spoke up. I'm going fishing, he said. We'll go with you, they replied. So they went off and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. At dawn... As it was breaking, Jesus stood beside the seashore, but the disciples did not know it, that it was Jesus. Children, said Jesus to them, haven't you got anything to eat? No, they replied. Cast the net to the right side of the boat, he said, and you'll find something. So they cast the net, and now they couldn't draw it in because of the weight of the fish. So the disciple that Jesus loved spoke to Peter. It's the master, he said. When Simon Peter heard that it was the master, he wrapped his cloak around him, he had been naked for his work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples brought the boat into land, dragging the net full of fish. They weren't far from shore, about a hundred yards away. 
When they came to land, they saw a charcoal fire laid there with fish and bread on it. Jesus spoke to them. Bring some of the fish that you've just caught, he said. So Simon Peter went and pulled the net onto the shore. It was full of large fish, 153 in all. The net wasn't torn, even though there were so many. Come and have breakfast, said Jesus to them. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the master. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so also the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he had been raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus spoke to Simon Peter. Simon, son of John, he said, Do you love me more than these? Yes, Master, he said, you know I'm your friend. Well then, Jesus said, feed my lambs. Simon, son of John, said Jesus again for a second time. Do you love me? Yes, Master, he said, you know I'm your friend. Well then, he said, look after my sheep. Simon, son of John, said Jesus a third time. Are you my friend? Peter was upset that on this third time Jesus asked, Are you my friend? Master, he said, you know everything. You know I'm your friend. Well then, said Jesus, feed my sheep. I'm telling you the solemn truth, he went on. When you were young, you put on your own clothes and went about wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you up and take you where you don't want to go. He said this to indicate the sort of death by which Peter would bring glory to God. And when he had said this, he added, follow me. Peter turned and saw, following them, the disciple that Jesus loved. This was the disciple who had leaned back against Jesus' chest at the supper and had asked, Master, who is it that is going to betray you? Master, said Peter to Jesus, seeing him there, what about him? If it's my intention, replied Jesus, that he should remain here until I come, what's that got to do with you? You must follow me. So the rumor went around the Christian family that this disciple wouldn't die. But Jesus didn't say that he wouldn't die. What he said, rather, was this. If it's my intention that he should remain here until I come, what's that got to do with you? This is the disciple who is giving evidence about these things and who wrote them down. We know that his evidence is true. There are many other things which Jesus did. If they were written down one by one, I don't think the world itself would be able to contain the books that would be written. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sometime after Jesus is raised from the dead, the disciples go back to Galilee, and some of that group go back to fishing, back to the old familiar life. And when Jesus appears and shouts to them from the shore, it seems as if they are back to where it all began. But they're not back in some kind of sense to relive the good old days or the glory days, some kind of nostalgia, some way to hang on one last time to to all that they had had before. No, it is really as if Jesus is there and they are being called to discipleship all over again. The first time Jesus called them to follow him, they didn't really understand what they were signing up for. Even if they had an inkling, if they believed maybe somewhere in the core of their being that Jesus was 
the Messiah, the one who was sent from God to save God's people from their sins, the one sent to claim the throne, not only of Israel, but of, of the whole world, even if they had an inkling of who Jesus was then. Well, by now, they know how much they really didn't know. Who could have known or foreseen that it would be in his crucifixion that he would be exalted and enthroned, and in his resurrection he would be vindicated, and that deep-down faith that the Spirit had given them and drawn and called them to at the beginning would be confirmed, though not in the way that they would have ever thought. Now, here they are, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, and Jesus gives them a chance to start all over again, to answer his call to discipleship, knowing how it will turn out in the end. What a gift that is. Here they are again. They get to say yes to Jesus, this time knowing that he is the Lord and that they will follow him both in suffering for the glory of God and in the glory of his resurrection. Three times Jesus gives Peter the opportunity to confess not only that he knows who he is, but that he loves Jesus, that Jesus really is his friend. One time to say yes to Jesus for each time that he denied him in the courtyard on the night of his trial. Yes, despite all that happened in the courtyard that night, Jesus still loves Peter. And Peter, as he always has, truly loves Jesus. And now Peter knows beyond a doubt that the master truly does love him, calls him his friend, has work for him to do. Peter is forgiven. Peter is restored. Peter is welcomed back into the fellowship that he enjoyed with Jesus from the beginning, even after it was broken by his denial. Jesus restores it and makes it whole. I think that there is a time in our life of faith, too, when we find ourselves back at the beginning. Maybe things have broken up. Maybe things have become cloudy. Maybe we're still wondering if we should continue to follow Jesus. As we grow in our faith and understanding, we come to learn and know Jesus in a different way. We see things in the world differently than we did years ago. Maybe we had thought a long time ago that knowing Jesus would keep us from all kinds of heartache or suffering or pain or loss. But then we found that being in Jesus doesn't provide us with some kind of charmed life, but his presence is here with us to give us a new way of seeing the world through God's own eyes. And by his spirit being with us, gives us a way to make sense of all that we're going through so that we can help others to give them hope, to strengthen their faith, and to surround them with the love and friendship we have. In all of this, in all these trials of life, even those times that press our faith to the end, God is with us and we learn that Jesus is the one who sees us through the valley of the shadow of death. We've all been through a lot over these past few months, over this past year. So how is your faith this morning? In the story, did you hear Jesus invite you, like he invited Peter, to come and take a seat? Did you hear him ask you, do you love me? 
am I your friend? If you had to do it all over again, knowing what you do now, would you follow me? That's what Jesus does for us. Time and time again, he comes to us. He asks us to sit quietly beside him once more, to receive his grace, his meal, the things he's fed us with, his forgiveness, his love. And he invites us to return to him and begin again, knowing things in a different way. But yet, the call is the same, to follow him, to abide in him, to love him as he loves, abides in us, now and forever. Amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially this morning, we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the gift of water, sunshine, of earth, for new blossoms and blooms. We give you thanks for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness and the way you come to us time and time again and invite us again and again each day to come and follow you. For the gift of relationship with others, especially those relationships that are close to us, the relationships of love that we call family and our closest friends. We thank you for the communion of faith in your church and for the fellowship that we share with you and with one another. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus the living Lord. Especially, we pray, for those who govern the nations of the world, that they do so with wisdom and a sense of justice and for the well-being of the people of this earth. We pray for people in countries that are ravaged by strife or warfare, that you would bring an end to hostilities, that you would protect and watch over those in need of your care and protection, that you would bring peace to their life. And so we pray for all who are at work for peace and international harmony, that their work would bear fruit for the sake of people so that their suffering might end. 
and that their life might thrive. We pray for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. And we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, that we might be one, even as you are one in the Son and in the Spirit, and we are one in you. For who else do we pray this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.